0: Today we're going to do something different. I'm going to change up the format a little bit. We're going to do an acapella song, and then we're going to get into the uh, into the devotional for the podcast. Uh, I'm going to be doing a couple different formats here, uh, do some studies which are just Bible and me, and in others with some singing and uh, you know just things like that. We're going to trip it up, uh, keep it uh, keep you guessing on what's coming. So today we're just going to do a simple little. Uh, vignette, if you will, uh, one acapella song, and then uh, then we're going to get into uh, Jesus and the fig tree. So hang on, here we go.
1: There is coming a day when no heartache shall come. No more clouds in the sky. No more tears to dim the eye. All is peace forevermore. On that happy golden shore. What a day. Glorious day that will be. What a day that will be. When my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face. The one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand. And leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. There'll be no sorrow there. No more burdens to bear. No more sickness, no pain. No more parting over there. And forever I will be with the one who died for me. What a day, glorious day that will be. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see and I look upon his face. The one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day, that will be. in Jesus, there is a Jesus that
0: is shown in TV and books that's not the real Jesus. And I'm not talking about any one specific program, any one specific show because there are some decent ones, and there are some others that are just flat-out uh, blasphemy. But what we want to talk about today is Jesus is God, and Jesus is man. He is 100% God, 100% man, the full Godhead in one body. He did not walk around in some silly way, as some people like to to, to portray him as, bless you, and oh, it's all wonderful and great. He didn't do that. He didn't uh, just go around throwing blessings at whoever came near him. Jesus was never afraid to tell the truth. He was never afraid to just point blank say it. He was not the consummate politician. He constantly spoke of how little faith the disciples had, uh, the fact that they did not know him after three years to get together. He constantly railed against the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Jesus did not just blindly accept all people's said he accepted all people but not their sin when they came to him he said your sins are forgiven or like the the lady caught in adultery go and sin no more he didn't say stay as you are you're fine he said no go and sin no more he talks to them about what they're going to do after meeting him He never, ever condoned sin. He never said, you're okay, I'm okay. He cared for two things. While he was here on this earth, he cared for two things. The people knowing and experiencing the real, true God, not the one that the Pharisees and Sadducees are showing him. He also cared about God's will, God's plan. That was the whole reason he was here, was to die for our sins. He came to justify man so that we could have a relationship with God again. That's why he was here, God's will. That's what he cared about. The people knowing the real God and God's will being done. In fact, his, his last recorded prayer that we have before the crucifixion was um, not my will, but thine. That's what he was about. So today we're going to go to uh, Mark eleven twelve. Jesus and the fig tree. Oh, I love this one. I really do love this, 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 this uh, sequence of, of uh, verses here. Um, it's going to be a. This is going to be a little bit longer than normal, so you have to bear with me. Mark eleven twelve, and on the morrow when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry, and seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of the figs was not yet. Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of the hereafter for And his disciples heard it. He was hungry, as humans get, and he saw a fig tree. He went to the fig tree and was disappointed that it had no fruit. Here comes an object lesson. Jesus was not surprised there was no fruit on that tree. He's God. There is no surprise in him. So if he knew the time of the figs wasn't yet, then why did he go to the tree if happily he might find some? Well, he saw the tree afar off, that means it was an imposing tree, big and promising. I mean, for you to see and identify a tree afar off, it's got to be big enough. It's got to be imposing enough for you to see and identify it afar off, right? I mean, that's the very first thing. Uh, he saw the tree afar off, big, posing, promising that this tree was promising to the people around it that it was doing its purpose, which was to feed people. It was big, it was imposing, it was leafed out, but it had no fruits. And because it's big and it's leafed out and it's telling people, come eat of me. I'm doing my job. Come on. I'm what I am supposed to be. But it had no fruit. It was not able to do its job, which is to feed people, to provide fruit, sustenance to a hungry people. The tree was putting on a great big show. It had no substance, had nothing to offer anyone except a nice uh, visage, a nice look. It was a fake and a fraud and not useful for the purpose it was advertising itself for. Think about that. That's what made Christ upset. Jesus answered the emptiness of the tree with the declarative No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. That's always struck me with the finality that's quite disconcerting. Here we are 2,000 years later. For, uh, hereafter forever. We know it means at least 2,000 years, okay? That's a bit disconcerting. The fig tree is not producing fruit, not living up to its purpose, lying to people, leading them with empty promises. And Jesus says, no, no more. You're not. No man would ever eat of the tree again, period. And his disciples heard him say this. Now, it went out of its way to tell us that they heard him say this. This they hear and remember and it's interesting because there's a lot of other times when it says the spirit closed their ears or their eyes so they could not see, they could not hear. Closed their hearts so they could not understand. But this, they are given to hear and to see. It's an object lesson. Mark eleven fifteen, And they come to Jerusalem and Jesus went into the temple and began, and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple. And overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer? But ye have made it a den of thieves. So we have the fig tree not doing its job. And Jesus curses it for the empty promises, the lies, the appearances it gave off. So now he heads to the temple and what does he do? Just as he cursed the fig tree that could not feed anyone, so now does he cleanse the temple that has become a house of business, making men rich, not a provider of God to the people. The temple has become, as a fig tree, a show of fraud leading men astray. Jesus knows that all the nations call the temple a house of prayer. the Old Testament, there's a verse that says, he quoted it, that uh, my house shall be called of all nations a house of prayer. But what he sees when he gets there is a house of greed. Men not caring about God, but about the money they are robbing from the one seeking God. Their own convenience they put before God. The sheer lack of Him, God, anywhere in His own house. Jesus, God, has a heart for His creation. The people who make up the world, the ones he came to die for, this is what he cares about. And the priests, the Pharisees, the scribes, and the Sadducees have perverted the message of God, and it's making him mad. They're profiting from the people's misery, for the leaders of the temple have rented out spaces to people to sell their wares in the house of God. The very place David wanted God to dwell, for the people to come and see David, Wanted God to have a house for the people to come and have a relationship with God. And they have turned it into a house of business. They're profiting. From people's misery. So Jesus. (laughs) He's going to cleanse the temple. Of the money changers. He's going to flip tables. He's going to grab a whip. He's going to run them off. And there's something to remember here. Christ for 30 years well, let's say 14, 12, 14, 20 years, for about 20 years, Christ has been a carpenter. 20 years he's a carpenter, and he doesn't have electric saws. No, no, they have to do everything by hand. They have to do everything with tools that do not work like what we have today. He is a strong man. He's not flimsy. He's not soft. This is a man, and he is a man's Man, he is angry that God's house, his house, is no longer for him, and he's about to fix the situation. So all those who want to believe that God is all love and will do and, and, and accept whatever you say or do, pay attention. Because Jesus is about to let you know there are things that are not right, and he will not have it. Um, John 2.15 And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple and the sheep, and the oxen, and poured out the changers' money, and overthrew the tables. He made a scourge of small cords. How can we downplay that as, and, and make it say that he was okay with what they were doing? He wasn't. He made a scourge, a whip, to apply to people to get them out of God's house. He drove them out of the house. You ever watched a... a, a In any kind of a football game or something like that where the line is all together and they're driving driving the, the, the defense, the offense is driving the defense back so that they can get some yards. Jesus is driving these guys out of the house and he's not doing it easy. He's not doing it nicely. He's doing it with purpose and he's doing it with a righteous anger. He cleaned out the temple. He cast out those working against God. Jesus did what is right all times sin is sin regardless of what sin it was Uh, the lie the gossip the backstab murder adultery or as in this case greed with the temple uh, money changers the small sin greed is exactly the same size in in God's eyes as murder there is no difference he cared not he cared not for the religious elite who refused to point the way to him. And instead, they lined their own pockets and he hated them. Now, he tried to get them to come to repentance. Remember that little that little uh, conversation he had with uh, Nicodemus in John 3? He tried to tell them. He was constantly witnessing to them just like he was to the sinners. But he did not like what they had made of God and God's religion. He did not like what they had made of God and God's law. He did not like what they had done to God's people. He never accepted everybody exactly as you were. He accepted the people, but he tried to teach them the right way. Anyway, all right. So he drove everybody out of the temple. And now he is leaving and he is going uh, out of Jerusalem. And they're going to pass the fig tree. We're going back to Mark 11:20, 20. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering, saith unto them, Have faith in God. So the fig tree, after a short time, approximately six, 12 to 16 hours later, is withering away. It was not fulfilling the purpose that God had made it for. The fig tree, by the way, this this was this was very interesting to me. The fig tree is withered from the roots up. The, the, it says it right there in the verse. They saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Generally, when a when a tree dies, the very last part of the tree to die is the roots, unless it's a a bug or infestation or something like that, because the roots is where the life comes from, from the nutrients in the ground. The roots are the lifeblood, but it withered from the roots up. Creation itself heard him curse this tree, and creation acted upon his word. He spoke the curse, and the very ground... Followed through on that curse and it withheld the nutrients. It died from the roots up. Not something we see, especially not in 12 to 16 hours. Creation listened to the creator. Just as in Jonah, where the great fish responded to the creator. Just as in Mark 6, where the storm responded to the voice of Creator, of the Creator, here, too, the ground responded to the voice of the Creator. Just as Lazarus responded to the voice of the Creator, the very earth heard the word of God and withheld life-giving nutrients, causing the tree to wither from the roots up and approximately... 12 to 24 hours. We don't see that today. The miracles of Jesus are so many that sometimes we get blase and we skip over them. We tend to read them as matter of fact. The tree withered from the roots up. The creator spoke creation. listened. that is a miracle. Just as in Jonah when the miracles were everywhere, So too in the Gospels. But we read it so much, we tend to go right over some of them. We tend to make light of some of them because it's Jesus. It's Jesus. He's God. He can do anything. Yeah, Jesus is God. Jesus can do everything. And it should be amazing to us every time we read it that Jesus is God. That Jesus died for you and I and he can do anything and he still chose to come and die for us. Every time we read of him, we should take it with awe and reverence. The very earth that sustains all life heard the voice of the Creator and obeys. <laughs> Many times I wish I was that obedient. Alright, so we're gonna stop it there. Um and we're gonna we're gonna do another one next week, another worship type service with a song and, and maybe some prayer requests and whatnot. I don't know. I'm still working out the f- The format and all. Until next time, have a great day.